black woman, beautiful, powerful, resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation, a talk, especially an informal one between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So we created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. How's your week been? It's been pretty good. I cannot complain besides the one lady that um, we had to do a stat C-section on because of COVID-19. But she survived and uh, she's in the ICU and the baby is doing well. So I cannot complain about that either. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad that they survived. Yeah, but it does make me think, man, if she would only had a COVID-19 vaccine, we would not be in this situation right now, people. I know, right? It's it's Mm -hmm. interesting because I talked to a, a couple of my friends this week and they're kind of coming over. One has gotten the vaccine. Well, their first dose of the vaccine. The other one who was concerned about the fact that she had just, I don't know what you call it when you unfreeze your eggs, thaw your eggs, I guess. What do you call it in medical terms? So she had just thawed her (laughs) eggs and she was concerned about whether she could have the vaccine and get pregnant at the same time. So I referred her to your other show, Pregnancy Pearls. Um, So there are people that are coming and around. Hopefully she, hopefully she got the vaccine. They're coming around. They're now getting vaccinated. They're all signed up and ready to go. So we we are one person at a time. If we can help convince one person to get the vaccine, we have done, done a good deed, I feel like. But hopefully she goes ahead and get the COVID vaccine because they're going to make her wait a couple weeks and then get IVF so she won't have the fever and the chills while she's going through that. Going through IVF. Oh, yeah. Matter of fact, I might just tell her to fly down to Texas so she can see you. Come on down. Come on down. I'd love to see her. So before we get into what's on our timeline, I think that it's really important that we take a moment and talk about what I would consider a monumental moment in in history for the United States of America. Today, we received a verdict that I don't know about you, Nicole, but I wasn't convinced that we were going to get the kind of verdict that we were looking for. What'd you think? You know, I just felt like after looking at after watching the expert witnesses, there's no way. I don't think that we've had such compelling witnesses before in any other case, like the Trayvon Martin case. You know, we were all cringing when those uh, when the witnesses got up there. You know, they couldn't articulate their feelings. They were getting over emotional. You you thought, man, this doesn't look good. You know, like Ugh, we understand what they say, but man, it doesn't look good for, to the jury. This case, it was like, okay, if he doesn't get convicted, I know something's wrong. Today, when he did, I just felt like, girl, like an old Negro spiritual needed to be saying, and I need Absolutely. to run around the church. Absolutely. I kind of felt the same way, but I also felt like we finally got something that we've all just been working so hard towards, but I couldn't help but think of his family. I mean, I was shocked. I'm going to be very honest. I did not think we were going to get a conviction. I did not. You can't really justify 
kneeling on someone's neck for four more minutes after they become pulseless. You know, like, what were you doing? You know, and you have people screaming around you saying that you're killing the man and you have people that want to give aid and you're refusing aid. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just, I mean, obviously deliberate. And so I'm glad that the jury deliberated for four hours and they said, you know what? We agree. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it, but obviously it doesn't, it doesn't mean much, right? It's Mm -hmm. just one case. And we have a a long, long way to go um, in this uphill battle because I just feel like it's still like them against us when it shouldn't be like that. It should not be the police against Black people or even the police against everybody else, I almost feel like it shouldn't be like that. But it it still is. There's so many things happening around us still. One of the things we received a press release, the, the Women's March made a statement, right? And in the statement, the one thing that stuck out to me from the Women's March is the police have killed at least three people every single day since the trial began. And more than half of those killed were Black or Latinx. That's crazy. Every single day since the trial began, the police have killed at least three people. At least three people. Do you think that's the significance is the trial? Like they're intentionally out to kill because of the trial and the backlash from that? Or is it just, I would always kill three people a day. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like, so I would hope not, but you don't know, right? Like we don't know if it's backlash or this is just now because everyone has a camera in their hand. We are seeing it. We don't know. I mean, literally just hours after the verdict, a 15-year-old girl was killed in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, that um, <laughs> Makia Bryant case. It's just crazy, you know, and she was calling the police for help because people were fighting outside of her house and she got shot and killed. And it's a shame. 15. 15. That's crazy. 15. And the crazy thing is she's not the only one, right? Like she, I mean, I'm sure that hopefully God, please let her be the only one today. But while we were watching this, I text you and I was like, have you heard about this Pamela Turner case? And you were like, no, who's that? And I'm like, this apparently is a a lady who was having a mental health episode and ended up getting shot and killed by the police a year ago that we never heard about a year ago. And I mean, there, there was something that you posted on our social media page just the other day about the website, say their names. And I mean, we went through that website and we were like, we've never even heard of this case. There was one literally in my backyard in Tacoma Park, Maryland. And we were like, we've never even heard of that. Didn't hear it on the news. I mean, it's, and the Pamela Turner case is right in Baytown. You know, I was telling James, I'm like, Baytown's like 30 minutes from here. Like it's literally right up the street. And we hadn't heard of it. A year Why ago. Why have we not heard of it? A- exactly. And a year ago, what were right. we doing? It wasn't like we weren't sitting in the house, right? Like, how come it wasn't on the news? Right. We were sitting here chilling. And if somebody mentally ill is, you know, shot dead, <laughs> you would think that we would know about that. I feel like the police, are they not trained to de-escalate nowadays? I don't think that de-escalation is what comes to mind, which is why I think so many people are calling for police reform, right? Because de-escalation, I mean... A lot of these situations could be de-escalated by maybe even just including a social worker or a psychiatrist or a psychologist or someone that's equipped to handle mental health situations. Yeah, maybe they should have like psychiatry ride-alongs or something. I don't I don't know, but if they are like the Makia Bryant situation, they said she had a knife in her hand, right? So you shoot her four times, like if she has a knife, is she lunging at you with the knife? No. So why do you think you have to shoot somebody four times that is not near you? And she's obviously 
obviously had a knife because people are fighting in front of her home. She called the police for protection. And does the Columbus Police Department not have tasers? Exactly. Yeah, but you bring up a really good point about the tasers. Because one, I feel like people are tase happy. But two, even if you're tase happy, that's, that doesn't shoot you and kill you. Absolutely. So why did he not try to de-escalate the situation? I could see if she had a gun and she's waving a gun, but she didn't. She had a knife. So she brought a knife to a gunfight, literally. Literally. So, um, and got shot four times. And that's the other thing. Crazy. Why do you need to shoot her four times? Right. Like, why can't you shoot to disarm her, not to kill what happened to that part? There's so right. many steps that they failed. It seems because, again, this is still under investigation. It seems that there's so many steps where they failed. And it's just like with us, it seems that the steps are always failed. One step after the other after the other steps are failed and we end up dead. It's sad. It really it really is sad because it's getting old. The story is the same. It's just a different name. Insert different name, different age, different city. Yep. Same story. Yeah, I wonder um, I wonder when all the footage is going to come out. I know somebody has to have some video. Body cam And I footage. wonder if they have a body cam. You know, not all states make people wear body cams. So. Which is crazy in and of itself. It is, but we'll see. It wouldn't surprise me if miraculously he wasn't wearing one. Or didn't turn it on. Because that's just right. what they do. Ugh. Just saying. It just would not surprise me. I pray to God for, for her family and for her sake and for justice's sake and for the country's sake, because we're tired at this point. We are tired. The same conversation. I mean, Nicole, think about this. When we first started this podcast, we were literally talking about Breonna Taylor. Black Lives Matter. And Black Lives Matter. I mean, yeah. really? And we, yes, it is a moment in history that there was justice served for George Floyd. But now we have to be worried about Dante Wright and well, Pamela Turner. And again, you know, that whole Pamela Turner thing, it happening a year ago and not getting any press is not sitting right with my spirit. The Breonna Taylor case, how it didn't get any press until the George Floyds of the world came along and, and they, uh, you know, he got killed. I mean, why are black women in the shadows? Why are we not getting press? Why why is no one making noise for us? That's disturbing to me. And this 15-year-old girl that got shot, I mean, I think that it's profound because it's the same day as the George Floyd verdict. And so it's like, what? I mean, I can't believe, you know, that this is happening on the same day. So I think that that's why it's getting press. But it wouldn't surprise me if all of a sudden that this died down. It wouldn't surprise me because Black women are not getting the attention that we need. And unfortunately, we are going hard for these black men and as we should. But I think that people need to make some noise for these black women as well. And I hope that they're getting the same attention. Not not saying that I want them to get that. I don't I don't want them, us to have to get attention. Mm -hmm. But if it's happening, then we need to also make the same attention for black women, too. That's all I'm saying. I agree. I think it's very reflective of our place in the United States, right? Like we're always kind of the afterthought. Like everybody wants to rally around us when we're helping them. But when it's us, it's like anyone out there. Yeah. These people are going to recognize the power of black women. That's all I got to say. No, I agree. I hope it comes sooner rather than later. And I hope it does not mean that more of us end up in a grave. What's on your timeline this week? So let's turn to something a little bit more positive and fun. So the game had the internet on 
fire this week. You hear me by saying I'm going to paraphrase because there are some words that we will not use on our podcast that were in these tweets. So I'm going to paraphrase what he's saying. It started off with him saying, we've got to do a better job of protecting our women. Then he said, maybe I'm old school. My woman ain't paying one bill, not rent, not mortgage, not a car note, not nails, hair, clothes, phone, or groceries. If you're taking care of home and cooking, life is on me, period. So, of course, this sent Twitter into an uproar. Women were retweeting this left and right. Like, they were retweeting, posting it on Facebook, sending it to all of their social media. Um, And the men, though, that the game was probably directing these comments to, of course, came up with every excuse in the book as to why the game was wrong. Some of the men were saying things like, All the women heard was the man was paying for everything. In the olden days, a woman did all of the housework. A man came home to a hot meal daily. His word was law and she raised the kids. Woman in 2020 doing that? I think not. So the men were kind of giving him some pushback, basically saying that his concept of what a man and woman should do is not realistic. So while some of the women were praising the game for what he was saying. Other women kind of dismissed him saying that he's a cheater. So the fact that he's a known cheater, yeah, you can say this on social media, but like mm, it really doesn't hold any weight. Men went on to say that in 2020, life is different. It isn't the 80s. It's not the 90s. And things should be more 50-50. To which, of course, the game responded, why she got to pay half the rent? Is she giving you half the or something? He said, Men kill me since the beginning of time. Real men have always taken care of shelter, providing and protecting. And if you ain't got it, go get it. So every rebuttal that was sent or launched at the game, he had the time and he was giving it right back to them. He goes on to say, if you're lucky enough to land an independent woman who works her tail off and still comes home and cooks and cleans and takes care of the kids, and goes crazy sexually, let her stack what she makes in case y'all need it one day. Still handle everything as a man. He said, everybody is different, but it's just not in me to let my woman share in the worry of paying the bills for anything. I feel good carrying the load and I'm not changing. To which he received more backlash, which basically people were saying, Sir, you sound like you live in 1970. And then some more people said, can someone shut the game up? Because he sounds like the drunk uncle at the cookout that won't shut up. But the game, like I said, he had time for these people this week. Do you hear me? He went in. So he said he fired right back and said, I get it. Men are mad at me for these tweets. But ask yourself why? Because you don't want a real woman because you really want a roommate. He then goes on to talk about how he watched his mother basically slave over their family for decades. And he just wouldn't want his woman to go out like that. So men started pointing out the obvious, of course, saying that the game is rich and he can afford it. And of course, he had a tweet for that, too. So he told those men, he said, you don't have to be super rich to have this mentality or to take care of your family, live on your level, manage your money. He goes on to say, taking care of home basically doesn't have anything to do with the amount of money that you have. And then he says that taking care of home for a woman is a full-time job and she should be allowed to do it full-time. Basically like you take care of the bills. If you want your home to be nice, neat, clean, the kids taken care of and your hot meal on the table when you get home, 
allow her to focus on that. He also said that his expression of the of the roles and his opinion of what men should do and how they should exist in the relationship with a woman is based on the fact that he feels like women deserve this kind of this kind of attention and this kind of treatment. The game was spitting game this week and had Twitter in shambles. But I'm not mad at it, Nicole. What do you think? Let me tell you, I'm here for the game, okay? I am a Southern Belle. I am I am all about men having the role of a man and women having the role of a woman. Now, I, I say that, but I, it's not that I'm an anti-feminist. I know that people are like, didn't y'all just have an episode on feminism versus anti-feminism? Don't come for me. That is not what I'm talking about. But what I am saying is there's something that just leaves a smile on your face when you know that your man can take care of everything. It doesn't mean that he has to pay for every single little thing. But hey, if he pays all the bills and you make sure the house is straight. Hey, those are your two different roles. And it doesn't mean that you can't work, right? So if you want help with your childcare, that just means that you're paying the nanny to help you with your childcare. If you're responsible for making sure everybody gets fed, hey, you need to make sure you either have a catering in or you are cooking yourself or you're ordering takeout. My money can go towards things like that, okay? Mm-hmm. Making sure the house is straight and his money can go toward the bills. I am here for the roles. But again, everybody has to know what works for their own relationship. Okay. He's saying that was, that, that is what he does in his relationship. He wants, um, his woman to be taken care of because he's right. We're not giving up like half the vagina. I'm just saying. Hello. I, I'm just, I'm here for it. I mean, there, some value is put on that. Okay. And so I'm appreciative of him recognizing the value of that. That by itself takes care of men. So I am here for it. And all these people are like, you know, it's expensive to live out here. Da, 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 da. Well, you need to get your coins right. I said it. Get your coins right. And I'm not saying that you have to be with some trophy wife and you have to be like a super big time baller, but you should know how to take care of yourself before you get a woman, period. Because Mm -hmm. if something happens and she wants to stay at home after she has kids, she should have the right to do that. Yes, gender roles in my eyes still exist. So I am somebody that obviously works full time. I make more than my husband makes. I'm not saying that that can't happen, but you should still be able to sustain the relationship by yourself. I've said it. Nobody wants to be with somebody that cannot, a man that cannot sustain the relationship by himself. I'm sorry. I agree. But there there's a couple caveats, right? So I agree with with gender roles for the most part, because I don't like taking out trash. I'm not about to go fix the car or something is broken down. Like, I'm not about to do that. Like, let's be honest. And I'm not saying that I won't project that onto anyone else's relationship, but I'm telling you in mine, that's not about to happen. Because in my mind, if I have to do all those things, then what do I have you for? Because that doesn't make any sense because I can take care of myself. That's that's not an issue. Right. So the point of it is, is that whatever your deficits are, As a man, you would hope that you would find a wife that would help to meet those deficits. But finances is not one of them, right? Like, yeah, if you fall on hard times and things go left, there's a pandemic. I get it, right? But generally, it is the man's responsibility in my relationship. And again, I'm not projecting my feelings onto other people. In my relationship, it's the man's responsibility to take care of the bills. I don't want to have the stress of having to pay the bills. That's my relationship. That's how my relationship works, right? That's just what I, that's just my preference. Now, again, like Nicole said, I still work every day. 
I like to work. Like I like doing the things that I do. I don't dig ditches for a living. But should this go sideways and for whatever reason I'm super miserable and unhappy, I need to be able to bail when it when I am not happy with my job anymore. And his responsibility is to make sure that things keep rolling and vice versa. If something were to happen to him, God forbid he gets sick or something like that, it would then be my responsibility to make sure that I take over better or worse. That's what you say, right? Sickness and health, richer or poor. That's those are the vows that you take. But again, I think that there is something to be said about men that are independent versus the ones that need someone to take care of them. And so all I'm saying, because I don't live in a world where I'm not paying anything. That is not my reality. That's not my marriage. But again, I'm pretty confident that if for some reason I couldn't work, my husband would do whatever he needed to do to pick up the slack. And, And that is because we believe in gender roles. I am a firm believer in gender roles. And I think that a man should be able to sustain your lifestyle. Okay. And, and women, I say that, but sometimes that may mean you need to dial down your lifestyle to make sure he can't afford it. Okay. And so you know what he can afford before you married him. So if he can't afford your lifestyle, or if you have to have two incomes, then maybe you need to dial back your lifestyle a little bit so that he can afford to take both uh, care of both of you. But he has to have that mindset that This is my job as a man to make sure that things are taken care of in the event that if we don't have two incomes, I know that I have to hustle and make it happen. That's all I'm saying. Well, okay, a couple of things. Let me clarify. I don't live in a relationship where my husband pays all the bills either. He just pays the majority of them because that's the agreement that we've worked out. I just don't feel comfortable taking care of men. And it's from past relationship trauma. I will give you that. I'm not saying that it makes sense, but I'm not about to come reach into my pocket and pay for said man's thing, right? That's just (laughs) not me. Because of blame the ones from the past, it's their fault. I get it. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying that I should not work to get over that, but that's just not me. I don't feel comfortable doing that. I'm not opposed to helping your man pay for things. I'm not opposed to coming up with a plan so that it's more feasible. You can get to your goal quicker. I'm not opposed to any of that. I'm not delusional. I understand the economy is trash and people do not have jobs that make enough money for them to sustain themselves. I get all of that. But what I'm saying is the basic framework of my relationship and how or any relationship that I would choose to be in from this point on in my life would need to be where the majority of the responsibility, the financial responsibility falls on the man. Now, here's the thing. If I make millions of dollars, I'm not going to have my husband out here slaving crazy and working for the man. No, I'm not going to do that. That's crazy. But let's not rely on Janine's million. And that's what works for me. Now, I, huh. I agree. I will say this. I don't want to say if I made millions of dollars a year that I wouldn't have my man working for me. You're going to have to do something. Like oh, I am now a big proponent of you are going to have to do something like, and it can't be like you going back to school or something. No, you need to work. and You need to bring in something to the table. You're not going to just sit here and do nothing unless there's something else going on. Like you got a disability, you got an illness, something else is going on where you can't work. And then I'm like, okay, Sure. I'll step up. I'll make sure things are taken care of. But I don't care if you I don't care how much you bring. If I'm bringing in a lot, you're going to at least bring in a little. You ain't going to sit here while I'm working and hustling and you at home playing golf. Yeah, that's that. that, I can do that. I'll say it. I listen. I have different. There's a double standard. I know it is. If he's making million dollars a year, I 
we'll stay at home, okay? I may start some businesses. We'll put out some, oh, that's deep merge. I mean, we'll Hello. put out some some stuff, right? But I'm not going to work. I'm not going to work for somebody else if you're making millions of dollars a year. I'm sorry, I'm not. But if I'm making it, <laughs> I said what I said, you are still going to have to work. You're going to have to start some business or you're going to have to work with the man, but you can't sit at home. Or no. you can work for me. But again, what we're not about to do is have you be a kept man in in a relationship with Janine. There's no such thing as a kept man. Been there, done that, got the T-shirt for it and hate the T-shirt that I that I have for it. So, no, thank you. We're not having a kept man. We'll finance some passion projects or something like that. But you're going to do something. We're not about to just sit here and have you twiddle your thumbs and put a dent in my sofa. That's what's not about to happen. Well, I no longer finance passion projects either. (laughs) Really? Nope. I don't. I don't. Because, you know, we've owned a business and I, I now know that. Me and my husband look at money very, very much so differently. Mm-hmm. So he will have to fund his own passion project and I fund my passion projects, but we don't, you have to know your strengths in your relationship. And that's not one of ours. Like we, we look at money very differently. So we won't do that anymore. Well, that's fair. Uh-huh. Let's talk through some things, girl. Okay. So I know that I normally go second, but because it, it fits, I'm gonna go first this time. So, okay. Okay. This one says, Nicole and Janine, I'm tired with an exclamation point. Let me say that I know that I'm fortunate and I'm grateful for my life and all that I have, but I'm tired. My husband and I are both contractors and we own a small home remodeling business at which my husband works full-time. I also have a full-time job at a commercial contracting company. I work 10 to 12 hours a day and come home to the kids to help them get baths, do their homework. I cook, I clean and do all of the clerical work for our business and get up and do it all over again the next day. I pay the majority of the bills as our business has not gotten to the point that my husband has a steady income. While I know that this is his passion and what he wants to do, I'm not sure how much longer I can sustain this. I'm not used to paying all of the bills. I came from a household where even though my mother worked, My father took care of all of the bills, and I believe that that's how things should be. I'm trying to be patient while my husband gets this business off the ground. I'm starting to resent him for putting us in such a financial bind. I want to tell him to let this go and find a job, but I'm also trying to be a supportive wife. How can I help support his dreams without running myself or our marriage into the ground? Okay, what what kind of business is he running? It sounds like the same thing she's doing is what he's trying to do. They have a small home remodeling business. That's what it says. And she is a commercial contractor. So she does commercial contracts, I'm assuming. One, I mean, I, I understand how this works. Like my husband and I started a restaurant business together. And mind you, it was doing very well. The pandemic took us out. But I felt like financially it was it was ruining us. And we did not value we did not value money the same. Um, so paying bills on time and things like that um, was not looked at in the same way from me and my husband. So I get it. And it did cause a little bit of resentment in our relationship. So I would say this. One, if that's his pet project, then let him do the pet project. You can be the auditor of the project because obviously you're helping to fund it. But after a while, you should literally say, hey, if you haven't broken even in a year, 
then we need to revisit this because this is breaking us. And I would also, um, I would also imagine that you have access to his accounts and you have access to his books because you're doing all the clerical work. So you can see if this is a waste of your time and money or not. If he's getting more and more revenue over the months where you can say, Hey, in, in the next year, this is going to be fruitful. Then maybe you keep going, but you do have to say, this is your business. You should be doing all the clerical stuff. I can't work full time and do your business and fund your business because that's taking away from my productivity at the job that's funding this job. So you have to lay some ground rules down and say, Hey, I'll audit you every month or every two months, but you're going to have to do your own clerical work. I can't be your secretary and your, uh, your financer. Like, how am I going to do both? Um, and be productive. And if y'all are doing both, like y'all are starting this business together and it's not just his pet project, it's both of y'all's pet project, then you need to split everything then, right? So he does his job full time. You do your job full time. That includes the clerical work of his job full time. And then you split the child care, the cooking, the cleaning. Y'all both have to come to the table with that because it's not fair if you're working your job, funding his job and doing some of his job, like, and doing the kids in the, uh, taking care of the kids in the house. Like, what is in it for you? So I say have a come to Jesus with him. I'm not telling you to get out. I'm not telling you to make him quit, but you do need to have a come to Jesus and say, listen, I'm working full time over here. This is how many hours I'm working. You're going to have to pick up the slack with your own business. You're going to have to do it all. And you're going to have to help me with childcare and, and the house. I can't do it all by myself. And the, the conversation really does need to be, hey, babe, I can't do this all by myself. I'm getting burnt out. I want to be honest with you. I don't like the fact that this business isn't doing as well as it's supposed to do. So how about we set some boundaries on this and set a timeline when if you haven't reached X, Y, and Z amount, then it's taking out of our kids' mouths. We may need to look at getting out of this before we lose even more. And that's a hard conversation to have. I've had to have that conversation. But at the end of the day, when you look up and you've saved some money instead of constantly forking out money to the business, in the long run, it'll be worth it. But I think that you need to do this now, have this conversation now before another year passes and you look up and you forked all this money over to this business and you burnt out and you're getting a divorce because you resent your husband for even putting you through this. I agree. There's one thing that I'd like to take into consideration. There's still a pandemic outside, right? I'm not sure how that affects the small home remodeling business. I'm not sure when this business was started. You didn't really give us any of this information or how long it's been going. But the idea of it is you want to be supportive, right? And you have to take into consideration that there is a pandemic. And my thing is maybe you all come up with some creative ways of maybe putting the business on hold for a little while because... You all own the business, right? I'm not sure if you all have employees, whatever it may be. You didn't give us all of those details. But is there a way to put the business on hold until the pandemic is over or at least until you see an end in sight and can get to a point where it is profitable? I think that it's irresponsible of your husband not to be bringing in anything because he wants to do this passion project. I get it. Starting a business is a hassle. It's a lot. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of 
time away from the other things in your life, like the kids and your wife and whatever it is. But there's a way to do it and not neglect your other responsibilities. And your first and foremost, a husband's responsibility is to make sure that his family is taken care of. That is Bible. First Timothy five and eight, you have to take care of your family. You can't just say like, oh, I want to do this thing and my family is going to suffer. That's just not going to work. It's hard to say, don't do the business. I also don't want you to find yourself in a situation where you're so frustrated that now your marriage is at risk. My advice would be if you can put this business on hold at least long enough for you to, you know, build your, build up your savings and maybe give yourself some time, some time off. Um, I agree with you, Nicole, like, you know, maybe we split up these household chores, right? Like I get that running a business is, is difficult. I understand that running a business is a full-time job, but if she's helping running, run the business and she's working full-time and she's doing all the chores, this relationship is very lopsided, very lopsided and it's not sustainable long-term. No, it's not. And I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking you have a home remodeling business. Hopefully that means you don't have a storefront, right? This is like using home remodeling businesses are like contracted work. So you don't have employees that are sitting around. You contract people to work whenever it's time to go in and, and remodel. And I don't know if it's like he actually does a contract, like the construction or if he does the design I don't know the details of that, but it's, you know, home remodeling business to me makes it think it's contract work. So it's not like you have people that are steadily on the payroll if you don't have a contract. So to me, you can still keep the business afloat. You can still market it and advertise it and work for it. Um, because if you're remodeling, you go into somebody's house, you're making that by appointment. You have timelines to do that. It's not like you can't work on the side. And then two, why not work somewhere like Lowe's or somewhere that, hey, you can get a discount on these materials for remodeling. And if people come in and they're like looking at flooring, then you can contract yourself out. Like, here's my business card. And then Lowe's always has that list of contractors. Like I know when I look for like tile, you can get that like pamphlet of like, these are the people that you could potentially contact. And then they say, oh, well, you can always go on Thumbtack or what have you. Mm -hmm. And then people pull out their phones and say, well, these are the people I use. It's not like you can't tell people, hey, I do this contract work. Like that may be a way for you to get some more referrals if you work at least a part-time job at somewhere like a Home Depot or a Lowe's and then you can bring in some money as well. So my thing is you don't have to do something else in addition to that job if you're sitting at home and you know, you're struggling during this pandemic and she's over here busting her butt, keeping it, keeping everything afloat and paying for everything, including your marketing and advertising. Like, no, I mean, something has to give. So um, I would agree. You can put it on hold or you can get a part time job so that you can try to boost, um, you know, boost your uh, your clientele because, yeah, no woman is going to put up with that kind of stuff long term. Like that's just not feasible. <laughs> we can't we're going to work. We're going to um, hunt the pig, go chop the pig, you know, make the bacon. I mean, really? No, nobody is going to do that. And, and nobody should have to do that. Not, not a woman anyway. I'm sorry. Like, I understand like the, the roles were turned, you know, it, you know, that we wouldn't be saying that, but well, if the roles were turned, she would still be probably doing the housework and the cooking and the cleaning and, and taking care of the children. Let's be clear. I've never seen a man be like, Oh, I'm going to support my wife's business and I'll work full time and I'm going to cook and I'm going to make sure the house is clean. I'm going to take care of the kids too. Like, come on. I mean, it's a double standard. Okay. 
like you can't expect for her to do all of that either. I agree. I think that the the suggestion that you gave of getting a part time job at Lowe's or Home Depot is brilliant, right? Like it works for everyone. But if he doesn't like if he is just dead set on not having a job, right? Take pick up the responsibilities at home. Make sure that the kids homework is done before your wife gets home. Like I know we're supposed to be talking to our listener, but play this for your husband, please. Make sure that the kids homework is done before before she gets home. Make sure that the house is clean. Maybe if you can't cook, order something so that that's not something that she has to be worried about, because if she's working 10 to 12 hour shifts, let's take commute out of it, because I'm sure that she's commuting, you know, if she's working 10 to 12 hours. So let's put an hour on either end because we don't know where she's from. So that's 14 hours a day that she's out of the house. And you're telling me that she wants to come home and work some more when we hope that she's getting at least six hours, eight hours of sleep, six hours. So that's 20 hours a day. She has four hours to get everything else done. That is it's stressful just thinking about it and saying it out loud, let alone living it. So Maybe you take share some of these household responsibilities and listener, if your husband doesn't want to get a job, maybe, you know, he feels like it will take away from this business that you all have. Hand over some of these responsibilities to him. Hand them over one by one. If you don't feel like he can handle hand them, them, hand them all over, hand them all over. If you're not yeah, gonna but get a you job, don't want something to fall through the cracks you. either. You know what I mean? Like you don't want something to fall through the cracks. You know, he sounds like he might not be able to handle a bunch of things at a time. So he's going to have to put his big boy draws on. That is an excuse. And I am tired of people making excuses. If she's working 10 to 12 hours a day mm -hmm. and he does not want to get a job, then you are going to have to do something. You're not going to just sit here and have me be what? Like, I feel like you are my pimp. Like you're making me work and hustle for all the money to bring it home to you. Really? Not my no, pimp. No, if you don't want to work, I'm just saying, if you don't want to work, you're going to have to take care of these children and make sure that their homework is done. Make sure this house is clean. Make sure that this food is on the table. You can at least do that. I'm funding it. You can at least do that. Well, that's true because that's what would be expected of us if the husband was working. It would be expected of right. us to make sure that the kids were taken care of and that there's food on the table, even if we can't cook. I mean, I can and you can, but I'm saying even if a woman cannot cook, it is still here's the thing. Right. Whatever you believe gender roles are, the, the bottom line is one person cannot take on all of the responsibilities of making the money. And taking care of the household chores. So if both people need to work, then both people need to contribute to the household chores. That is only fair. And should you find a unicorn of either sex that feels like they want to take on all of this responsibility, more power to you. But you should help them because at the end of the day, all that's going to do is, is run people into the grave. Like working, working, yep. working and not having any time to do anything else or to relax and unwind. And all you do is this like rat race every day, one day after the other. That's how people die of heart attacks. That's how people get divorced. Cause then you're like, man, I could do this by Word. myself. Word. Just saying. And you can keep these kids. Just saying. Right. <laughs> no, we're going to take the children. Take you the children. can take the children. Janine would be like, you can keep these kids. We know you don't and like all of kids. this. We know. And we goodbye. Know. I just want to be done with all of it. Kids, husband, business, all of it. I would just be like, mm, I'm done saying that because you don't have any kids i'm definitely listen i would take my child but either way let's not talk about that okay this is a way to save your marriage <laughs> so before you get even more resentful of him have a chunk come to jesus split these roles tell him he either needs to work 
or he needs to take on, on the family responsibilities because you're working and it's set a timeline to get rid of this business if you you guys aren't breaking even. You do not want to waste money. You want to take money money away from your family, not long term anyway. That should be a temporary situation, not a long term over a couple of years situation. Just saying. Amen. Anyway, okay, so my letter reads, and this is from Samantha, and it says, Dear Nicole and Janine, I love the fact that my man takes care of me and isn't controlling. He pays all the bills and spoils me. We've been together two years now and recently moved in um, together a few months ago. As I was going through the mail, I noticed bills with a different address on them. I confronted him and he told me they were bills from his baby mama. He has a five-year-old daughter by his ex. He and his ex, who is his baby mama, broke up a year before we started dating. She was in a relationship with an ex-ball player from what I know about her. But my boyfriend said they recently broke up and he was helping her out. But I don't know why this means bills have to actually be in his name. My boyfriend makes good money as a surgeon, but I don't want him paying our bills and some other chick's bills. Plus, his ex has a job as a pharmacist, so she can probably afford her own light bill, if you know what I mean. I know as a man... He believes that women should be taken care of, but I think this is a stretch. I asked him to get his name off of her bills because it made me feel uncomfortable. He said he would, but I don't know why I even had to ask. Am I overthinking this? So I'm torn about this. I feel like he should have had this conversation with you before he started paying the bills. Um, it says, you know, it sounds like she, they have an arrangement that, you know, he pays whatever bills because they have a child together, right? I think that a man should pay for his child and to make sure that his child has a lifestyle that they're used to. A five-year-old did not ask to be here. The five-year-old did not ask for their her parents or his parents to not be together. And the five-year-old should not have to suffer in any way, but specifically financially because the parents aren't together anymore. I think it's admirable that your boyfriend wants to pay um, for his child. I don't care what the mother of his child does. I think that that's admirable. Do I think that he should have had a conversation with you first? Probably so. But he wasn't dishonest about it when you asked him about it. So what is the issue? You said that he takes care of you and he gives you whatever it is that you want. So it's not like you are struggling and money is leaving your house and subsequently it's causing your household to struggle. So I think you let this one go. If he's able to take care of your household and the mother of his daughter, why are we complaining again? He sounds like he has his, his stuff together. Like, I'm confused what it, what it is for us to complain about in this particular situation. Well, I would be complaining. I would be complaining. Why? First of all, well, one, why do you have, why is your name on this chick's bills? Okay. You can pay child support, but your name should not be on like a light bill or freaking rent or something like that. So I don't agree that my man should have his name on some other woman's stuff. I I don't believe that. If you want to help her out, pay child support. If she needs more child support, increase the amount of child support you're giving her. But your name should not be on anything there. What happens if she decides to move and doesn't take care of making sure you know about it and then you're stuck paying a whole bunch of bills? Like, I just don't agree with that at all. I I don't agree with that. To me, if your name is on the mortgage or your name is on, um, you know, the light bill, that's like you taking ownership of, of that household. And I don't think you should take ownership of the household. And if your name is on bills, how long has have your name been on bills? Why would you just all of a sudden have your name 
on a bill. To me, that means his name's probably been on those bills for a long time. And and that's the assumption that I made that why, since they've been together, like, why would you add your name onto bills? It seems like it's probably been there since they've been together, right? Yeah, but you can go ahead and take over. So you mean to tell me why she's dating these other men, you paying all the bills? Like, no, you can pay child support. We can make an arrangement, but your name gonna come off this light bill. She gonna get her own light bill. She can take care of her own responsibility. If she wants to mess up her own credit, she can mess up her own credit, but you're not gonna have your name on her stuff so that your credit can eventually get messed up by her. Uh Uh-uh, no. Because if I end up marrying you, then it's our stuff. No, 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 no. You need to get your name off of that. I think she was very correct in making sure that he removed his name off of anything that she owns, period. If you want to help your child, that's admirable. You should be helping your child. You should be paying child support. If she needs help with her bills, you should be the person stepping up and paying them. But you shouldn't have your name on that. No, no. Uh-uh. That means you're taking ownership of some other woman. No. I don't agree because you don't have to put your name on somebody's utilities to take care of your child or even help her with the bills. You don't. You don't have to do that. You don't. But that sounds like that. That's what the agreement is that they came up with. And honestly, Nicole, I feel like if it doesn't sound like there's drama, she didn't mention that there was any drama between him and the baby mama. So if that's the agreement that they came up with, especially since I didn't hear anything about child support, it seems like they have a mutually beneficial relationship with one another. And I would be more worried if I were the girlfriend, I would be more worried about what the relationship was between my boyfriend and his baby mom than whether he's paying the bills or not because exactly. right now girl, which is why it's i'm looking like that like... relationship is a little bit too close exactly and you need to but i'm glad that he had the common sense to say okay yeah i'll, I'll do this because it looked real suspect to me just saying listen you have the right to feel some kind of way about this situation though i i just do not agree and i don't think it, i think if i were dating somebody that was paying the bills for somebody else's household i'll feel some kind of way I would. I would feel definitely some kind of way. And I would do the same thing. You can help her, but I want you to get your name off of that. Okay. Because legally, it could drag him down if you guys get married later on. I, I, I'm sorry. I do not want my man's name on anybody else's stuff. But again, Samantha, I would be a little bit more concerned about what their relationship is like rather than the fact that his name is on some bills. That's just all I'm saying. Hopefully she's had that conversation already. Hopefully she's had that conversation already. You're right. Hopefully. Anyway, so, Johnny, what did you learn new this week? So... I took this from all pro dads, which I thought was super dope, but it's 10 tips to being a better husband. Ladies, this obviously is not for you. So this is when you should play this episode for your husband. So one is every day aim to have at least one random act of kindness for your spouse. Two, talk openly and honestly about your finances. Three, make an effort to find out more about your spouse. Four, Find creative ways to tell your spouse how much you love them. Five, plan some fun. Make sure that you make time for fun. Six, make note of your TV watching habits and then cut your tube time in half. Seven, list five things that you're most passionate about. And if your spouse is not number one on the list, find out steps that you can take to make sure that they are. Eight, Confide in some friends who are in relationships that still have a spark and ask for their support and encouragement. Nine, be deliberate about being positive. Ten, try counseling. Think of counseling as a tune-up like you would get for your car. What did you learn new this week, Nicole? So I learned that according to a TD Trade Survey in 2020, 
21% of women make more than their partners and 26% said they made the same amount. That means that about half of women make at least the same amount as their husband. In a 2021 survey, that number went up to 30% of women making more than their partners. So uh, it makes the game's theory a little bit like, ee, you know, if you have more than half of women making more than um, than their husbands and two out of three millennials in a relationship keep at least uh, one or more separate bank accounts. So That's we're in a smart. different world. We're in a different world. That is smart. Um, but we are in a different world where women, women are... We're taking over the dollars, especially in married relationships. So it makes it hard for the man to take care of everything. I still hold to that, hold to my statement earlier, not about the man paying for every single thing. It's about his ability to do so in the event that the woman can't work. Yeah, I I agree with that. But something that someone told me long ago is if you live by the standard that your husband needs to pay for everything, then you have to be willing to live within his means. And if you're not, that's when your finances need to step in. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I agree with that. All right. Ready for the motivational moment? Yes, ma'am. So I'm not sure who said this, but I love it. And it says the real power of a man is in the size of the smile of the woman sitting next to him. I love that. Oh. So ladies, if you like it, I love it. Find someone who makes you smile and everything else will fall in place. Until we meet again. Pray, work, slay. And show off your melanated excellence. Bye. Bye. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh, That's Deep BWC. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is a Mean Old Lion Media production.